Welcome to Everything Yesterday This Morning, a 15 to 20 minute daily recap of headlines you may have missed. Come for the news, stay for the snarky commentary. Good morning and welcome to Wednesday's edition of Everything Yesterday This Morning. I'm your host, literally Heather. I hope that you are having a fine Wednesday morning and that by hearing this episode, it finds you well and ready to tackle the day. You know the best way to tackle your day? By arming yourself with a firearm purchased from the greatest firearms manufacturer in the country, Palmetto State Armory, of course. Okay, so I have a couple deals I feel like you guys should know about. The first is a Palmetto State Armory AR-15 in ODG. Only $449.99. And the second is the dagger clearance sale, which is still going on. I cannot believe it. I think you can get a dagger right now for like $230 or something. It's ridiculous. Um, I love mine. It's absolutely awesome. I cannot say more great stuff about how good it feels in my hand, how well it handled at the range. I highly encourage you to snag one of these while you can. Both of those links are in the show description, and in addition to that, I did put the link, the new Sabre MK12 dropped on Monday, and there is a link for that in the show description as well. Please go check those out. Go arm yourself. You have no excuse at this point. Okay, I didn't say anything about her on Monday, but New Mexico's governor, Michelle Lujan Grisham, is either a psychopathic narcissist or she has completely lost her mind. I'm not sure which. In her not-so-kalash-friendly Adidas track suit, she sat on national television and declared herself Queen of New Mexico and attempted to strip the law-abiding citizens of their constitutional right to keep and bear arms for at least 30 days. Unfortunately for her, she pulled the trigger pun completely intended way too early, even for gun grabbers like Ted Lieu and David Hogg. In the latest pushback against the governor, uh, the state's attorney general said he will not defend the governor's administration against lawsuits challenging the abrupt restriction on firearms. Simply put, I do not believe the emergency order will have any meaningful impact on public safety, but more importantly, I do not believe it passes constitutional muster, he wrote. Since Lujan Grisham's announcement, gun rights advocates, including NAGR, uh, or National Association for Gun Rights, have sued the governor. Legislators from both sides of the aisle have also criticized the order, questioning its constitutionality. She has more than tripled down on this order at this point. She even tweeted, I would love to see the same outrage from Republicans when a child in New Mexico is killed by gun violence. It's unfortunate they're taking this opportunity to spew NRA talking points instead of proposing meaningful meaningful legislative solutions to how she she's these are her words that she typed to on how, but I think she meant to or how we can make New Mexico safer. Uh, Firearms Policy Coalition, shout out to them and how much I love them, responded with, quote, you're a waste of space. Nobody cares what you think. Not even your other anti-rights co-conspirators. Go home, take your meds, 
Cry while cuddling your 10 cats and box of wine. P.S. We look forward to destroying your totalitarian fantasies. See you in court tomorrow. Oh, to be a fly on the wall for that action. Torres said in his letter, that's the attorney general, that the order would be inconsistent with the federal and state constitutions and that data does not support the notion that law-abiding citizens' right to carry firearms is the cause of gun violence. Given that only responsible gun owners are likely to abide, much less recognize your ban, it's unclear how this action will lead to a measurable decline in gun violence in our community, he wrote, urging Grisham to reconsider her order. Reached for comment, her office said New Mexico needs leaders to address gun violence. Quote, here's the doubling down. The governor is looking for state leaders to step up and take bold new steps to make New Mexicans safer from the scourge of gun violence. Press Secretary Caroline Sweeney said in a statement, we invite the Attorney General to turn his attention to that effort. In other words, she's looking for people who will participate in tyranny. The Founding Fathers were not stupid. They saw people like Michelle coming from a mile away. People who would take tragedy and capitalize on it in an attempt to capture more authority. We have the Second Amendment to specifically protect ourselves, not just from the perpetrators committing crimes, but from people like Michelle. Speaking of gun-grabbing whores, moms demand action on every town-backed wannabe tyrant, Susanna Gibson, Democratic Virginia House of Delegates candidate, is blasting her opponents for engaging in the, quote, worst gutter politics after videos surfaced of her and her husband performing sex acts online for cash. Gibson, a 40-year-old mother of two who I bet will be so proud of their mother when their friends show them these videos when they're older, is running in a hotly contested race to represent the state's District 57. She and her husband have hosted several live webcam shows on the adult streaming website Chatterbait. The nurse practitioner has since railed against her political opponents, accusing them of playing dirty politics. I'm not sure if the pun was intended on that one, but it was there anyway. She called the controversy, quote, an illegal invasion of my privacy designed to humiliate me. Personal responsibility clearly is not a thing anymore. Quote, my political opponents and their Republican allies have proven they're willing to commit a sex crime to attack me and my family because there's no line they won't cross to silence women when they speak up. Odd. I think the line was crossed when Suzanne, or Susanna, publicly let her husband fist her on camera for money. She said, my opponent and his allies know that the people of this district are on our side on the issues. So they stoop, they're stooping to the worst gutter politics. Well, if you weren't in the gutter, they wouldn't have to stoop there. 
Uh, She said, there's too much at stake in this election and I'll never stop fighting for our community. Her opponent in the battle for the seat in the House of Delegates, Republican businessman David Owen, said that his campaign learned about the videos on Monday, like everyone else. I'm sure this is a difficult time for Susanna and her family, and I'm remaining focused on my campaign, Owen told The Post in a statement. The videos were posted to a publicly accessible archive on the website Recurbate, Recurbate on September of 2022 after Gibson declared her candidacy. Notable, these videos have been publicly available for over a year, but are just now going mainstream. The real question that no one is asking is, who archived them to begin with? Who tipped off Washington Post? Gibson apparently maintained her chatterbait profile called Hot Wife Experience after having announced her campaign in July of 2022, uploading at least one image of herself on the sex streaming site a month later. She garnered 5,770 chatterbait followers, whom she repeatedly pressed for more tokens in exchange for certain acts in private showings. She told her fans that she was raising money for a good cause. Can you imagine that FEC investigation? Yes, Mr. Patron, we see that you paid Mrs. Gibson a substantial amount of money to watch her husband fist her. Did you know those tokens were in-kind donations to her political campaign? Gibson's attorney, Daniel P. Watkins, said that the circulating videos are a violation of Virginia's revenge porn law, which makes it a crime to maliciously disseminate or sell nude or sexual images of another person with the intent to coerce, harass, or intimidate. I think that there may be a caveat in there that if those images were shared privately with someone, that's one thing. This is a situation where she was publicly sharing them for money. We are working directly with federal and local law enforcement to hold the wrongdoers accountable and to protect Mrs. Gibson's rights as the victim of a crime. Uh, The lawyer cited a Virginia appeals court ruling in 2021 that determined it was illegal for a man to secretly record his girlfriend during a consensual sexual encounter. Again, this was intimate sexual encounter privately taking place, and, and he recorded her. She was publicly putting these videos out on the internet, even if that video was never shared with others. It's not clear if Gibson will remain in the race, although she said the scandal, quote, won't silence me. The Democratic Party of Virginia declined to comment on the controversy as they work to regain their majority in the 100-member Virginia House. Democrats control the Senate by a four-vote margin. The Republicans control the House of Delegates by the same margin, with four seats currently vacant. The race has attracted significant amounts of spending from both parties. Shocker. Who are waging intense legislative battles as rising Republican star Governor Glenn Youngkin looks to continue with his conservative agenda and full control of the state government. The state Republican Party and House Speaker Todd Gilbert 
did not immediately respond to the post request for comment. The district voted in favor of Youngkin by a 51.2 to 48.3% margin in 2021, but in the 2022 congressional midterm elections, the split in the district was 50 to Demo- 50 Democrat to 49.1 Republican. While I don't agree with her decision to bring the entire world into her bedroom, and I find her behavior abhorrent considering she has two young children, I'm less concerned about that than I am about the fact that, number one, she's trying to prosecute for photographs, videos, videos that she put out publicly. And then also, this will end up being a positive to her campaign and will give her a boost. It will elevate her profile. Dudes will find her hot and yet another gun grabbing piece of shit tyrant will find her way into political power to make it harder for law-abiding citizens to purchase and own firearms. Eyes on the prize, gentlemen. Please do not be dismayed by the online boobs. Um, apparently, other people are looking to make money except keeping their clothes on. MGM Resorts has shut down some of its systems as a result of a cybersecurity issue, according to a company social media post on Monday. Late Tuesday, the company posted an update saying that its resorts, dining, entertainment, and gaming are currently operational. The statement also thanked guests for their patience, saying our guests remain able to access their hotel rooms. However, the statement did not specify the status of its systems, whether these operations were being handled manually or whether some properties are still accepting cash only. As of Tuesday morning, the MGM Resorts website was still offline with an apology message and a list of phone numbers for guests to reach their specific hotel concierge desk. Justin Heath, who was a guest at MGM Grand in Las Vegas, said that visitors were unable to charge purchases to their rooms, that digital hotel room keys were not working, and that restaurants were taking only cash. In MGM's initial Sunday statement, the company explained that after detecting the cybersecurity issue, we quickly began an investigation with assistance from leading external cybersecurity experts. Uh, MGM Resorts says it's working with law enforcement and took prompt action to protect our systems and data, including shutting down certain systems. MGM Resorts International manages several properties across the United States, including Aria, Bellagio, Cosmopolitan, Excalibur, Luxor, Mandalay Bay, MGM Grand Las Vegas, and New York, New York in Las Vegas. Other domestic properties are located in Massachusetts, Michigan, Mississippi, Maryland, Ohio, New Jersey, and New York. The company has also has resort locations in China. It's unclear whether the cybersecurity incident was conducted by threat actors seeking to exfiltrate sensitive information or to cause damage and disruption to MGM systems. For investigators, the nature of the attack is often key to helping identify whether it originated from criminals seeking to steal information for financial gain or nation state actors gathering information for intelligence purposes. Casinos have been prime targets for both traditional cyber criminal enterprises 
as well as data exfiltration by cyber criminals who comprise a fish tank connected to a company's internet connection. In 2014, the Sands Las Vegas Corporation fell victim to a damaging cyber attack by the Iranian government, according to the U.S. Director of National Intelligence. In the Mixed Feelings Department, Speaker McCarthy has announced that he is directing the U.S. House to open an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden over his family's business dealings, launching historic proceedings. It's really not that historic anymore, but ahead of the 2024 election. The real unfortunate thing is that the Democrats diminished the validity and gravity of an impeachment proceeding. And I don't know that this is anything more than political persecution, the likes of which the other side is currently doing and just did twice. McCarthy said the House investigation so far paint a picture of a culture of corruption around the Biden family as Republicans probe the business dealings of the president's son, Hunter Biden, from before the Democratic president took office. These allegations of abuse of power obstruction and corruption, and they warrant further investigation by the House of Representatives, McCarthy said. That's why today I'm directing our House committee to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. The White House shot back, calling the action in the midst of the presidential campaign extreme politics at its worst. (laughs) I'm sorry. While I may have mixed feelings about this situation, what's good For the goose is good for the gander, no? Uh, House Republicans have been investigating the president for nine months because they've accomplished nothing fucking else. They've turned up no evidence of wrongdoing, said spokesman Ian Sams. Acting on his own, the Republican speaker faces mounting pressure from his right flank to take action against Biden or risk being ousted from his leadership job. While he also is struggling to pass legislation needed to avoid a federal government shutdown at the end of the month, McCarthy is launching the inquiry without a House vote, and it's unclear if he would even have enough support from his slim GOP majority. Some lawmakers have panned the evidence so far has not reached the Constitution's bar of high crimes and misdemeanors. The White House and others point to McCarthy's past statements when he insisted a speaker acting unilaterally to launch an impeachment inquiry would have no legitimacy. McCarthy flip-flopped because he doesn't have support, Sam said. An inquiry is a step toward impeachment, which used to be rare, and McCarthy essentially outlined the potential charges ahead. With Donald Trump now the Republican frontrunner to challenge Biden in the next year's election, GOP allies are working to detract attention from the indicted former president's legal challenges and turn a negative spotlight on Biden. The inquiry would be led by Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer in coordination with Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan and Ways and Means Chairman Jason Smith. They're heading across the Capitol Wednesday to brief the Senate. Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell has warned House Republicans off of the effort, but said Tuesday, I don't think Speaker McCarthy needs advice from the... Mr. McConnell, are you okay? Senator McConnell? Johnny, please help Senator McConnell over to his recovery unit. He seems to have frozen again. 
House Democratic leader Hakeem Jeffries called it an illegitimate impeachment inquiry and said Democrats will defend Biden until the very end. There is not a shred of evidence that President Joe Biden has engaged in wrongdoing, Jeffries said. President Joe Biden is a good man. He's an honest man. God. He's a patriotic man. Yeah, he's so honest and patriotic. He was at the Twin Towers the day after it fell down. Meanwhile, there's archived footage of him in Congress. The Republican speaker is once again at a political crossroads, trying to keep his most conservative lawmaker satisfied and save his own job. It's a familiar political bind for McCarthy, who is juggling the impeachment inquiry and a government shutdown with no endgame in sight. The White House has insisted Biden was not involved in his son's business dealings, and Democrats are stepping up to fight against what they view as unfounded claims against him ahead of the 2024 election as Republicans attempt to blur the lines with Donald Trump. While I do believe that an impeachment inquiry would provide Republicans with more information that has been stonewalled leading up to this point, to what end that would be worth anything? I don't think that that I, I don't think that there is one. There it doesn't exist. At this point, I don't give a fuck about Joe Biden selling out the country for personal gain. Every single one of these pieces of shit does that constantly. I care about how much I'm paying for gas and groceries, and if every single ounce of energy isn't being spent to change that, I don't want to hear a single word coming out of any of their mouths. So the Daily Mail is a pretty salacious publication, so take this information with a grain of salt because I don't know how much validity there is to it, and I haven't had a chance to dig yet. But according to a veteran senior-level serving agency officer, the CIA assigned seven officers to a COVID discovery team. At the end of their investigation, six of the seven believed the intelligence pointed to a low-confidence assessment that COVID-19 originated in a lab in Wuhan, China. The seventh member, the most senior on the team, believed it evolved naturally. The other six were given a, quote, significant monetary incentive to change their position, according to the whistleblower. What? Government officials beholden to cash money and not the citizenry? The CIA ultimately refused to make an assessment even with low confidence. Both hypotheses rely on significant assumptions or face challenges with conflicting reporting, according to the agency. Republican Congressman Mike Turner and Brad Wenstrup, both from Ohio, who lead the Intelligence and COVID committees respectively, wrote a letter to CIA Director Burns on Tuesday, demanding all documents on the matter. The lawmaker set a September 26th deadline for the CIA to turn over all records involving the COVID discovery team and all communications with the FBI, State Department, Health and Human Services, Energy Department about the matter. The Department of Energy, which oversees biological research labs in the United States, concluded with low confidence in February of this year, that the virus most likely came from a lab in Wuhan. 
The FBI concluded the same with moderate confidence. Five other intelligence bodies concluded that natural transmission, the theory that the virus jumped from an animal to a human host, more likely. U.S. officials have remained frustrated with China's stonewalling of their own efforts to get to the bottom of the virus origins. Now, they may never definitively conclude where it all started. Authorities in China destroyed some of the virus samples and used up others in research. Was that research they were conducting in labs here in the U.S. that are not sanctioned or over in their own country? Just, Just want clarification on that. The Office of the Director of National Intelligence released a declassified report in June that laid out their inconclusive findings. All agencies continue to assess that both a natural and laboratory-associated origin remain plausible hypotheses to explain the first human infection. As of this month, around 7 million people have died since the virus tore across the globe beginning in 2020. If we are still funding the Wuhan Institute of Virology after this, we deserve everything we get. We deserve the shitty politicians. We deserve the overreaching bureaucratic bloat. We deserve the horrible virus that will eventually be our demise. We deserve all of it because we did not hold anyone accountable. Um, I saw this headline and I swear to goodness that my immediate thought was, what company is trying to release a new allergy medication that's magically under patent? The leading decongestant used by millions of Americans looking for relief from a stuffy nose is no better than a dummy pill, according to government experts who reviewed the latest research on the long-questioned drug ingredient. Advisors to the FDA voted unanimously yesterday against the effectiveness of the key drug found in popular versions of Sudafed, Dayquil, and other medications stocked on store shelves. Modern studies, when well conducted, are not showing any improvement in congestion with phenylephrine. And Dr. Mark Dykowitz, an allergy specialist at the St. Louis University School of Medicine. Come on now. All of you that are currently saying you do, in fact, receive relief from these medications know that you're only experiencing that because of the placebo effect, right? The FDA assembled its outside advisors to take another look at phenylephrine, which became the main drug in the over-the-counter decongestants when medicines with an older ingredient, pseudoephedrine, were moved behind pharmacy counters. A 2006 law had forced the move because pseudoephedrine can be illegally processed into methamphetamine. Those original versions of Sudafed and other medicines remain available without a prescription, but they are less popular and account for only about one-fifth of the $2.2 billion market for oral decongestants. Phenylephrine versions, sometimes labeled PE on packaging, make up the rest. If the FDA follows through on the panel's recommendations, Johnson & Johnson, Bayer, and other drug makers will be required to pull their oral medications containing phenylephrine from store shelves. That would likely force consumers to switch to the -the behind-the-counter pseudoephedrine, 
or to phenylephrine-based nasal sprays and drops. In that scenario, the FDA would have to work with drugstores, pharmacists, and other health providers to educate consumers about the remaining options for treating congestion. The group also told the FDA that studying phenylephrine at higher doses was not an option because it can push blood pressure to potentially dangerous levels. But FDA reviewers said their latest assessment reflects new testing insights into how quickly phenylephrine is metabolized when taken by mouth, leaving only trace levels that reach nasal passages to relieve congestion. The drug appears more effective when applied directly to the nose in sprays or drops, and those products are not under review. There's unlikely to be any immediate impact from Tuesday's panel vote, which is not binding. The group's negative opinion opens the door for the FDA to pull phenylephrine from a federal list of decongestants deemed effective for over-the-counter pills and liquids. The FDA said removing the products would, quote, eliminate unnecessary costs and delay in care of taking a drug that has no benefit. The FDA's nasal decongestants drug list, or monograph, has not been updated since 1995. The process for changing a monograph has traditionally taken years or decades, requiring multiple rounds of review and public comment. But a 2020 law passed by Congress streamlines the process, which should allow the FDA to accelerate the publication of new standards for non-prescription ingredients. So forget that you think you get relief. The FDA says it doesn't help you. So they're going to take it away from you. Go take the pseudoephedrine behind the counter. Anyway, that is your Wednesday edition of Everything Yesterday This Morning. We do have book club this evening. We are reading chapters, I believe, 21 through 30. Uh, You are welcome to join us this evening as we burn through this book. We're moving pretty quick. It's a very good book. We start at 1015 Eastern Standard Time. If you want to join us, I look forward to seeing you. If not, please don't forget to check out those deals at PSA that are in the show description. And as always, your reviews, your likes, your shares are always appreciated. I love you guys. You guys take care and have a great day. If you like today's show, be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications so you never miss an episode. Also, please don't forget to check out shouseinthehouse.com and never forget that free men do not need permission from any government. Have a great day.